0: Hello, hello! Welcome back to In Defense of Liberation, the show talking about educating about and working towards a true people's liberation. Uh, I am your host, Josh. Uh, welcome to the show. If this is your first time tuning in, uh, thanks for uh, showing up. Hopefully, it'll be a good show for you. Uh, if you're coming back, thanks for coming back. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about... uh, So, first and foremost, for those of you who don't know, at the end of 2020, I wrote a book. It's called um, Liberation is Irresistible, Um, and I talked about it for a really long time, talked about how I was going to release it on PDF, talked about how I was going to try to publish it. Yeah, so um, I don't really like how it turned out anymore um, because... I have done a lot of reading, I've done a lot of self-critiquing, I've done a lot of educating in like the last two months since I finished the book, and I feel personally that my philosophy, my politics, and stuff like that have even evolved a little bit past uh, where I was at that point, and I've learned a lot more, so I am currently in the works of going back and rewriting the book, um, I'm not rewriting it from scratch. I'm just reading it, seeing what I like, seeing what I don't like, and you know, adding stuff in the middle. So that's uh that's in the works right now. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is because that has been yet again on my mind. You know, people's liberation. Um, is incredibly important to me. I mean, it, the name of the show is In Defense of Liberation. Um, but I feel like a lot of people right now don't know what that means, right? What, what is liberation? What is uh, people's liberation as opposed to some other form of liberation? Um, so I wanted to kind of give you just a little 15-minute rundown of what it is that I really, you know, want uh, what my theory and my philosophy is, why I, why it is kind of, I named the show what I named it, right, and why my book is named what it's called. So, in 1961, a UN uh, resolution talking about the uh, right for nations to self-determine stated that um, liberation is irresistible and irreversible, right, and that line really stuck with me, and uh, if you don't know, if you weren't around when I was talking about the book a couple months back, um, Vijay Prashad, great author, fantastic historian, and Marxist, Uh, if you don't know who he is, go ahead and look him up, he's amazing, Uh, he was on a podcast called Guerrilla History. Uh, where he brought this resolution up and he brought this this sentence up, and it really struck me, and obviously it stuck with me because I mean here we are in 2021, my whole podcast direction changed. I wrote a book about it and everything, right? But people's liberation is really a complex and nuanced idea in some aspects because a lot of our current politics, a lot of our current uh, education and a lot of our current social and uh, philosophical structures don't really give us any kind of a picture for what it is that I mean when I say people's liberation. So let's talk about that. In the United States, of course, we are told since the day we are born that we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Now, what that means is a little bit more complicated than I think most people take it as, you know, when we're told we live in the land of the free, nobody tells you the land of what free people who are free in this land of the free. Um, Because unfortunately, if you have lived in America for longer than, you know, a conscious minute, um, then you are probably aware that not everyone is equally as free as uh, it is supposed that we are. For example, um, black folks in this country certainly are not equally as free as someone like, I don't know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, right? Um, LGBTQ plus community folks are not equally as free as upper class white folks, okay? Unfortunately, in American society today, whether you want to agree with me or not, I don't really care, there is an Inequal, or I guess I should say unequal and unjust structure to our society why is that right I mean a lot of us want to talk about the fact that this exists but not a lot of us have the conversation about okay why because unlike a lot of conceptions about the world I do not have the conception that all of these things just came to be right Um, All of these things developed due to material condition, due to realities that existed and decisions and, you know, goals and objectives and circumstances that all happened to coalesce and led to what we now have today. So the reason why there is this unequal and unjust structure to our society is not because you know, the Democrats or the Republicans are evil. It's not because rich folks are evil and so incredibly, you know, smart and manipulative that they were able to build this society. It's definitely not because there's a sex uh, a sex circle, pedophilia cabal like QAnon believes. The reason why society has developed into this unequal structure is because we live within class society now I know a lot of folks maybe not folks who are listening to this show but I know a lot of folks have trouble understanding this conception of class society because our conception of what the word class means is usually like oh they're classy like oh they're they're bougie or whatever which in and of itself is a disgust, disgusting uh phraseology but We don't really have an understanding for what class means because, again, nobody really teaches us this shit. So we have to learn it ourselves. What class means is pretty simple when you boil it down, actually. What it means is that there are two or, I mean, if you want to boil it down to more technical... Let, let's not do that. There's there's two groups within society, right? There are the groups who are in control, and those are you know your rich elites, your politicians, you know your your upper your upper folks in society, and then you have the folks who are under control. You have your working class people, the the groups of us who have no determination no uh, uh, agency, no control over our own lives, but also the society we live in, right? And I know to some people that might be a little bit daunting, and they might say, well, wait a minute, no, we do have power in this society to make change. We can vote people into office, we can do petitions, we can do boycotts. Well, I guess boycotts is another thing than the group that I'm talking about. But there are folks who believe that within the structures of our society today, there are built-in mechanisms by which the people have the power to create change. Um, Unfortunately, that is simply not true. We have built into our system, into our society, structures that look like, aesthetically, uh, appear as if they are to give the people the tools and the mechanisms to create the change that they need, such as voting, such as representative, you know, House of Representatives and stuff like that. However, I mean, not for nothing, if you, if you pay attention to the way society has developed in the last hundred years, there's been thousands of representatives in the House, There's been hundreds of thousands of people in the Senate. There's been hundreds of different representatives in different houses of government, local, state, and federal. And yet, how different today is society truly than it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 250, 300 years ago? Unfortunately, because of the way that we have... uh, had our society structured for us that change has not really come right and to some folks that's because we haven't had the right people in there but to others such as myself it's because we understand that those structures actually are in place to just give us the idea that we have power when in fact there is no power to be had by the majority of people alive today inside and outside the borders of the United States, but we're, we're talking about the United States specifically right now. So what people's liberation is, in my mind, right, is a complete and utter restructuring of society. We understand that right now, again, there are those two groups of people, those in control and those under control. Because of that, there is, you know, of course, like we said, very few avenues of change which are made available to the people within the structures that exist today. So we have to build new structures. And on top of that, if you look at the amount of people in those two groups, you have a very small, minuscule amount of the population which exists in that group which is in control of society, and you have the majority of folks who exist within that group who is under control of society lacks agency, lacks determination in their own lives, in their own society. That's the majority of people. 99% by some estimates, right? So in my mind, what a people's liberation is, is a flip-flop of that. You have, in the truest Marxist form, a turning on its head of society. You take the majority of folks who are currently subject to society, made subordinate within the society we exist in today, and you make them the dominant force in society. You give the masses power. Now, of course, this isn't just a snap of the fingers. Okay, guys, here's the power. No there's a huge, you know, there's so much theory that we could talk about and read, but that's not what we're here to talk about right now, of transitionary periods, right? But what what the goal is, the end goal, is a complete flip-flop of society, where the 99% are now in control, and the 1% who was under, you know, who was in control for as long as class society has existed, right? And Make them the subordinate ones. Now, what this means in like true, you know, real terms is you completely abolish the structure of representative democracy. You completely abolish this ridiculous conception that the quote-unquote democracy that exists now in America, in other places like it Which is not a democracy by any any stretch of the word You know, again, the majority of the people have no power In their own lives, in their own society And you, you create a, a true democracy Where the majority of people have that agency, right? That's a people's liberation Now there's all kinds of theories about how that can go about, right? You got all your different strains of leftism, all your different strains of communism, anarchism, you know, there's a million different writers that you can read. I am a Marxist, uh, and there's, there's a lot of reasons why, but most importantly... If you look at history, because, I mean, if you don't know this about me, I wanted to be a history teacher for the majority of my life, so history is incredibly important to me. If you look at history and the lessons it has taught us, those revolutions which have upheld to the Marxist-Leninist theory of revolution have been the successful ones, right? Right now, there's movements happening all over the world, right? If you analyze those and see, okay, here are the movements which are actually acquiring real gains and real changes for the people which they are fighting for, those more often than not turn out to be folks who are Marxists, right? The reason why Marxist philosophy is so important and the reason why I subscribe to calling myself a Marxist is because Marx and Engels, who, when you hear the term Marxism, just know that we're talking about both Marx and Engels and then a slew of other, you know, uh, thinkers who uh, have operated under the name of Marxism. Um, But the, the founders of Marxism are Marx and Engels. Marx and Engels are two thinkers who dedicated their lives entirely to giving a true materialist analysis in everything that they did. Now, real quick, materialism does not mean I like stuff. I like buying stuff. It's not materialism as we know it today under capitalism. Materialism is as opposed to idealism, which says that the world that we exist in, right, is influenced by people's ideas of which they kind of just fall into being. You know, if you look at philosophy as, as a, a, a history, there's two camps. There's the idealists and the materialists. The idealists believe that these ideas that we come upon just kind of happen, right? They're just strokes of genius, Whereas the materialist camp understands that these ideas that we come to are reflections of our material reality. We learn from the world we live in, and then we take our ideas, which we learn from the world we live in, and we implement them into the world we live in. That's what a materialist says, right? So... Marx and Engels dedicated their lives to taking that philosophy and using it to educate the masses about how to create change, how to create a society which was structured for the majority's benefit, not the minority's benefit. And I don't mean minorities as in uh, black, indigenous, and people of color, and other folks who are minority groups within American society. I mean, minority as in compared to majority, less than 50%, obviously. Um, I just don't want to be misconstrued. But so that is why... I changed my name to In Defense of Liberation, and that is my conception of the end goal, the people's liberation, what it is that I'm working towards and educating about, and why I made the show in the first place. Because I feel that that is the only way that we will be able to solve the myriad of problems that we are facing today, right? If you look at the way that American politics says that we're going to come to change, we're going to flip the script every four years, we're going to pull the blue switch and then pull the red switch and then pull the blue switch and then pull the red switch. It hasn't done anything for 250 fucking years, guys. Okay? I don't know why we keep thinking, and I'm not trying to be rude to anyone who thinks that, you know, there's, you know, reforms to be had or changes that can be made. By doing that surely society has evolved very slowly and changes have been made for people but the way that we're going to solve the problems not just alleviate symptoms which can then easily just be changed four years later is by that restructuring of society it's by that liberation that revolution and that complete upheaval and flipping on its head of society that is what I at in defense of liberation that that's the whole objective here that's the philosophy we have going forward right and that's why i decided to change my name that's why uh, i wrote this book and that's the spirit that i've had in my mind for a very long time uh because that is quite honestly one of the most beautiful things that we can talk about right like this the human spirit and I don't mean this in any religious or even spiritual way. I just mean like the, the you know, that broad conception of human, the human spirit. The fact that it has been so caged and so imprisoned for so long is just terrible. Like imagine the world that could exist today if all of the potential of that human spirit had been free to exist for all of time there was a there was a period of time it's called primitive uh communism or uh uh communalism which is before the development of things like you know feudalism and capitalism and stuff there was a time where that was almost achieved the only issue is that I mean, not for nothing, as shitty as it might sound, um, the clock was already ticking, right? Again, material reality wholly influences everything. Um, And so because of that, uh, we just simply developed into the the next period, the next mode of production, um, and that's that. But... The fact that that primitive communism, that communalism which a lot of indigenous cultures uh structured themselves as, the fact that that existed at one point should prove to anyone who says that capitalism is human nature that that's a load of fucking garbage, that's a load of bullshit because capitalism is quite honestly wholeheartedly antithetical to human nature. Human nature has always been communalism, right? It Not for nothing, the only way that we could have survived as a species is by building communities and communal settings where we helped each other. You know, you needed the butcher and the doctor and the fucking carpenter and whoever. You needed everyone in order for society to develop and evolve the way that it did. So how is it that all of a sudden today we're claiming that capitalism and individualism and this class society that is developed because of it is human nature? That's that's bullshit. Straight up, and anyone who tells you otherwise has no fucking clue what they're talking about, right? So, to cap off this little whatever this is. This will probably be pushed as a bonus episode. The reason why myself and many others who think like me claim that this liberation needs to happen is because otherwise millions of people will continue to die under capitalism the system which says that profit is far more important than survival of the human race um, has literally not only killed millions of people by withholding things like food, shelter water medicine and other things like education housing capitalism has withheld those things from those people because those people cannot afford those things and capitalism is a system which only produces the things which it will profit from you want to argue with me look at all of history okay sorry um look at history since capitalism has existed and try to tell me otherwise um That's the system that says, oh, um, we don't like the fact that Palestine that Venezuela, that Cuba and all these other countries wanna try to create socialism. So we're gonna put sanctions on these countries which make it so that they can't import medicine, they can't import food, they can't import water, they can't import the money from the banks which have stolen that money from them which is rightfully theirs. They can't even get that money in order to build the social uh, systems which they have promised to their people And then turns around and says, socialism fails every time. That's capitalism, right? And so we have to understand that that is not only killing millions of people directly, but it is also destroying our fucking planet, okay? Capitalism will never go green capitalism will only go as eco-friendly as is profitable that's why we have electric cars that cost 60 fucking thousand dollars it's because the intention is not actually to fix the problems it's an aesthetic thing as it always is right and so the reason why we say that we need a people's liberation the reason why i say that we have to work towards this liberation is because otherwise we're all gonna fucking die Okay, That's the reality. We don't have 100 years. We don't have 200 years to hope that slow changes and gradual you know, reforms will be able to save us. There are estimates that in 20 years, a truly irreversible climate collapse will befall the entire earth. And from that point on, we are fucked. That's the real world. Okay? It's socialism or barbarism. As much as I do not like that term, nor necessarily, in all honesty, the person who who really, uh, you know, keyed it, Rosa, sorry, I love you. You did a lot of good things. You're an opportunist. Sorry. Um. I might get, I might get some hate for that. Sorry, guys. We can have our discussions later. But that's the reality, Okay. It's socialism, or we're going to fucking die. If you're still listening, thanks for listening. This has been In Defense of Liberation. I am your host, Josh. Um, If you want to, you can go ahead and reach out to me at annoyingquestionboy at gmail.com. You can also follow me on all my social media, on Twitter, TikTok, uh, Facebook and Instagram at In of Liberation. And uh, you can find my blog at for site. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot forward slash website. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.